We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. I just like the sound. Yes, what's good everybody? Welcome back to Veterans Minimum, episode 2 of the week. Yes, though there is a lockdown, we're pumping out a lot of content. Make sure you check out the Patreon if you haven't already, patreon.com slash Veterans Minimum. My interview with the one and only Jessica I, Jessica Evil I from the UFC, one of the top women's contenders in the game. She was on, we had a really, really cool and fun conversation. Shout out to my guy Mike for sending that up once again and a little bit of housekeeping notes what you're gonna hear now is alan and i i got alan on the other end alan what to do baby hey he's over here we're gonna get into some updating you guys on free agency and some of the shit that's gone down and how we feel about everything but also i did an instagram live over the weekend sunday night with my buddy mustafa mustafa's been on the program I believe twice before, one time, one of our more successful episodes is, would you let your child play? And then we went through a bunch of different sports and the impact that sports had on us growing up. And also, really cool podcast and chill over the, the summer. Uh, it was right after Poirier and Habib. I don't know if that was the summer. It might have been like early September-ish or whenever that was. We recorded a podcast and chill and that got a lot of good feedback. So he does... Public speaking with Dr. Eric Thomas, E.T., the hip-hop preacher, if you guys have heard of him. Uh, super inspirational, motivational guy. Uh, Mustafa's like, I wouldn't say his right-hand man, but he's close to being that. And 
he came on and we kind of talked and I recorded that conversation after the fact about being a content creator nowadays, especially with the coronavirus outbreak. And for everyone listening, hopefully you guys are chilling. You're isolating yourselves. Just be smart about it. Like I've stopped going to the track also, Alan. I figure let's just go and treat this lockdown completely. Be legit about it. I started doing some P90X, brother, brother. You know what I'm saying? Because oh I bought it a couple of years ago. And anytime I would like two weeks into it, I'd be like, yo, this shit is just boring because I want to work out outside and work out at a gym. But I figure now that I'm confined indoors, whole lot of Xbox being streamed, whole lot of Xbox being played. But that interview with Mustafa, if the mic quality sounds just a little bit off, it's because we recorded over the phone and then I recorded with a microphone underneath the phone. So that's going to be the second half of the episode. Just a heads up for all of you guys that are going to be listening. With all that being said, I am going to throw it to my guy, A-double-L-E-N. Tell me how excited, how horny did you get that the Atlanta Falcons bought the boy wonder back home, Todd Gurley. Man, I don't want to be a buzzkill, but we need to keep our expectations a little measured. You know, the, he was released for a reason. Like The Rams viewed him as expendable. They couldn't get any trade offers for him, so let's, I'm going to reel it in a little bit, but at the same time, Gurley is obviously a huge name. He's still someone that, you know, commands respect someone that's going to sell a lot of tickets and i think that's huge for atlanta given that i think they're one of the more duller teams in the nfl there was not a lot of optimism going into the season so the fact that he brings him back home someone that they could have taken back in 2015 they opted to sign Vic beasley or draft Vic beasley i should say and for lesser it, it it sort of worked out, but that day, uh, 2016, Sack King kind of worked out. But then next thing you know, Gurley's rushing for 21 touchdowns in 2017. So who knows? At least both those teams didn't draft Eric Flowers. But nevertheless. Oh, yeah. <laughs> nevertheless, it's an exciting move. I, I, but I think Gurley's more of a name than a difference maker at this point. They're going to have to watch his carries. I don't think he's the one that could be running 18 to 20 times a game. He's the one that you got to keep it between 12 and 15 just because, look, the, he has legit knee issues. And it was clear back in the playoffs when they played the Cowboys and the Saints and then eventually the Super Bowl when C.J. Anderson was game more carry them. So, you know, I think Gurley could still be an asset, but they're really going to have to, you know, keep his reps somewhat measured between 15 and 18 touches you know because he's still very dangerous in the passing game you still want to use him on screen now whether Dirk Cutter's the guy to do it uh I have my doubts but you know it, it's cool that they signed a big name but I'm not expecting him to run wild like it's 2017 all right I I totally feel you and I agree to a certain extent but I think if you factor in the fact that it's a six million dollar deal one year prove it deal I think that's exactly what you would want to sign a running back to it sucks for the running back there's no job security I understand that he can get up to $11 million to play in 2020, um, it, the total grand scheme of things, if he plays out the year and he hits a couple of perks and incentives. Man, I kind of like it f- for what he brings to the table. Look, there were times last year where we were like, yo, Gurley's back, right? There were some games that he had where he kind of looked like the Gurley that everyone was taking number one overall and scored all those touchdowns a couple of years ago in fantasy. I think the issue with Todd Gurley was, yeah, was he damaged goods? Yeah, absolutely. He's 25 years old. He's going to be 26 at the start of the season. Might be the oldest 25-year-old running back I've ever seen, Alan, in in, in, (laughs) the history of football. But I think, man, for what he's a very versatile dude, right? He he is a guy that could catch balls out the backfield. 
And yo, for what the contract is, it's not terrible. You didn't give it's this not guy. Yeah, it's you didn't give this guy four years. You didn't give him Le'Veon Bell money. Like it's it's cool. And you know what? Prove it deal. That's exactly what you should want from certain players, because he might go out there and he might be motivated to get that second contract or, or third contract, I should say. So I like it. I think he's versatile. I think it's cool for him to play in at home. Uh, Atlanta lost Freeman. You could say. Uh, I think you made that comparison on the last episode. You were saying how. You kind of didn't want them to go and sign Gurley, right? Wasn't it? Were you saying something because you just got rid of Freeman? Yeah, I expect them to just go you know, full draft, draft someone in the second and third round, kind of develop through there. But you know, I could understand why I get an established name. Now, I, considering what the market was at the time, I would have much preferred Melvin Gordon, who I think is a better overall player at this point. So that's another reason why I was a little down the growth move, but and he goes but, to Denver. So how are you yeah. feeling about that? I kind of don't like him, man. I think it was I, unnecessary. The fit is weird, but he's a very good player. I don't get why. I think Freeman and Phil Lindsay. I think Phil Lindsay is one of the more underappreciated players in the league. I don't know why. Like I know he's small and he has like, like he's not someone that could run the ball twenty to twenty-two times a game. He's never going to be a workhorse given his small frame, but he is such a dynamic weapon. And you know, I do wonder how Denver because. When you sign someone like Melvin Gordon, you are going to use him. So that's a bit of a concern. And just dropping Freeman to side. I just, yeah, I don't get that move. I think Denver, I know they're kind of doing like an old school thing there with Vic Fangio. But, you know, I like the player, but kind of a weird fit. I do not understand that one bit. I think if you look at the landscape of the NFL and then you look at a division, right? This isn't a division opponent. You steal a running back from the other team. Do you steal them or do you just do them a favor? Right, like they signed Austin, they were more than welcome to be like, "Yo, dog, you know, shout out Vince McMahon. Good luck on your future endeavors." They didn't try to give him a big contract. He's actually lost money on the initial deal that they gave him last year. They went with Austin Eckler. He goes to Denver, and it's gonna cause chaos. There's three guys now in that backfield: Melvin Gordon, well, Freeman's gonna trade us. Sure, but I think like, yo, Philip Lindsay, right? Wasn't he? He was undrafted. Yeah, undrafted. Then he ran for over a thousand yards his first year, and, and last year too, one thousand and yeah. eleven yards. Yeah, like he's great, man. Yo, I he's awesome. Him. And yeah. think about this: like he's doing that, and dude, they're still giving Freeman touches. So they didn't even unleash him. Really, I don't understand that, Allen. You know how I feel about the running back position, man. I told, uh, I'll say this over and over again, and I'll sound like a broken record. I understand the team, and I understand the player. It's the only position where I'm completely conflicted, and I could hear either side. If I was to do a podcast. With Saquon Barkley, I'd be like, yo, fam, they should pay you. If I was to do one with John Mara, I'd be like, you should let him go. I understand. That's how it would be with me because that's just how I feel yeah, about just that. You exposed yourself right I now. did. I did. But, hey, man, you know how I am. I'm very honest and I'm very open with my audience. With Philip Lindsay, I don't understand it. I don't like the move. Um, you're kind of just you're opening up a can of worms that I don't think you should want to invite, especially when you have other positions in need. Like, why not go get another wide receiver? True, unless they're just going through the draft. But I think Denver had overall good offseason. We talked. I thought they were one of the winners. Right. This just seemed like a weird fit from the beginning. I know you, and, I know you like yeah. Bouye and Casey going over there, and I, I agree with that. Yeah. But uh, I, was, I think also Gordon getting two years was kind of interesting because like, I was wondering, because Buffalo had major interest in not the Buffalo maybe would sign to a one-year prove-it deal. But the fact that Gordon got two years, I think, helps him. But, Yo, yeah, that's I another get, one I didn't understand. Like, why Why would he go to Buffalo? Like, why would Buffalo want him? Like, you, you don't like Singletary? I think he saw, but I think, look, you, 
McDermott and Fangio, these are defensive-minded old-school coaches. They're one established run. They're still kind of, they're a little bit, like, not, I don't want to say they're like, out of their depth or anything because they're both very good coaches. I just think they're kind of a little too old-school for their own good. And they plus they have young quarterbacks that are kind of untested, Josh Allen, Drew Locke. So you know, for them, they want to you know, run the ball and you know control time possession and you know just control the pace of the game or dictate the style of play. So... I don't know. I, it's, it was. I was really curious about what Gurley and Gore were going to do because these were two running backs that you know, were very well known. Two running backs that you know, were top ten picks in fantasy not too long ago. So to see them now kind of in positions where they have to prove otherwise they can be forgotten about, it's kind of interesting. You know, I think Gurley got the better fit, but I do think Gordon is the much better player at this point. I still think Melvin Gordon is capable of being a you know, big time running back that can run the ball 20, 25 times and just. Even when he came back last year, I still think we saw flashes of it. It's just running behind the just a hopeless Chargers offensive yeah. line didn't do anything. I think Denver should be a nice upgrade from at least from you know offensive line aspect. Yeah, let me tell you something. I'm looking at the NFL draft order right now. I think the Broncos are a team we should keep an eye on for next season. I know it's just that they're not winning the division, and the Chargers look really good. So I'm a little right, like, right, uh, absolutely, and, yeah. and 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 I'm with you on that, but. They go seven and nine last year. If Drew Locke is the reason, if he's a, a a franchise guy, you look at this offense. They have the thirteenth, the fifteenth pick in the draft. That's around the C.D. Lamb, Henry Ruggs. I think Judy will be gone by then. But man, you get another top wide receiver for your young weapon. I like Font. Right, I know he had his ups and downs, and a lot of times he was just playing like very clueless. But he's a super talent. You got the running backs, right? If you want to go with the uh, two-headed monster, Drew Locke. You got Cortland Sutton on the outside who proved, like, he was a pro bowler last year. Yeah, he made a ton of big plays. And I don't know if I've established this with you in the past, Alan, but when I say pro bowler in in my world, it's like you are actually a deserve. It wasn't a fan vote thing. You know what Uh, I'm saying? Like, when I coined you a pro bowler, it's like, oh, yo, it's not an all pro. That's a different honor, but you're, you're the cream of the crop. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it didn't matter who was playing quarterback. He was making plays week in, week out, especially the contested catches. Like he, they were just throwing hell mary balls up to him, and boom, he would just come down with them. Those fifty-fifty balls. He just knows how to use his body, and yeah, he's gonna be a problem. I just, I think Denver needs to improve their offense line. Garrett Bowles might be the worst left tackle in the league. This guy gets penalized. <laughs> Seems like almost every drive. So, you know, getting a left tackle is usually just. Trusting John Elway to make the right decision is very difficult at this point. This guy has missed time and time again. I don't know how he's still in charge. It's still well. He had he had the uh, you know the age old debate is always like what's the grace period after you win a Super Bowl? It's it's five years at this coming up on five years, right? And (laughs) is he a great decision maker? Like he just spent all that money and got all those guys on one year deals, and then he also struck gold on getting the arguably best quarterback or second best quarterback of all time. People forget he was very interested in wanting to re-sign Brock Oswald. If it wasn't for the almighty Bill O'Brien, what would have happened? Oh my if God, I forgot Brock about that. <laughs> they give him like $30 million guarantee, Houston. God almighty. Yo, Bill O'Brien saving jobs out here. Can I tell you my absolute favorite move in all of free agency? I know where you're going with this, and I totally agree. Manny Sanders to the Saints. They got to be the NFC favorites now. Dude, that that's exactly, exactly what they needed. 
Exactly. Yeah, you know, just someone that could obviously take off the pressure, you know, with Thomas because Thomas is just going to command more and more attention now. But he's someone that you know that will be man coverage all the time, or at least for the most part. And he's a deep threat, and he's someone they could go to on third down. He's just that number two they've needed for a long time, and you know, I expect him and Breeze to build up a great rapport right away. Absolute, absolute home run. Jared Cook, Manny Sanders, Mike Thomas, Kamara out the backfield. Oh man, oh man. Trey Quan Smith, the Ted Guinness, the X Factors. Yeah, you know, and Taysom Hill will somewhere be in the mix. Like that offense, first round tender, uh, Taysom Hill, right? There you go. And just that <laughs> offense line still one of the premier units of the league with Sean Payton. It's just how can they not be the fear? It's like I, even though everyone knows I have a soft spot for Vikings, it was a damn shame that we didn't get to see Niners Saints in the playoffs. Yeah. that was the matchup I think I wanted to see, but. You know, the Saints just find different ways to dramatically lose the playoffs. But I think now, between getting Sanders and Malcolm Jenkins, you're getting two veterans that are still playing at a very high level and two veterans that command so much respect, especially Jenkins going back to New Orleans. They're making the moves to really set themselves up right. I think at this point, it's just what they're doing in January. Because I'm pretty sure, even though the NFC South is going to be fun this year, I fully expect them to be better than all three of the teams. It's just now a matter of they got to do in January and then you know get to February. That's pretty much it with the Saints. But, yeah, the Sanders move is perfect in every way. And I think it was kind of interesting that he picked New Orleans over Green Bay. Kind of tell you the story mm. about much, how much the Saints, because think about it, saying that having a team or having a player kind of reject Green Bay for another team kind of shows you like where you are as a franchise. And the Saints are just one of the premier franchises. You have to admit it. Yeah, man. I remember last year, like week two, I was like, yo, Sanders, if he's on the block, if I'm Green Bay, I'm doing what I can to bring him in. That's interesting, man. Do you think it's because they might think that... I, a lot of people felt as if the Packers overachieved last year. Like, weren't they one of the quietest... What, what they win, 13 games? 12 and... They were 13-3. and three. A lot of those wins came one possession, really unimpressive. Yeah, yeah. So that that's an interesting one because they also have a stallion on the outside and Devontae Adams, but... Interesting. Yeah, y'all, I, I can't say enough about Sanders going to the Saints. I thought it was it's it's my favorite deal in all of free agency. And what's crazy, Alan, is that, you know, a lot of times some of these deals that happen after the fact, like this one, we didn't we didn't know Sanders was gonna go there. And then, you know, sometimes just because your team hasn't made a splash yet, there's still a lot of good fucking players available, man. And, and there was a lot of rumors about him going to Dallas. Dallas was another team that was potentially bring him to replace Ronald Cobb. Like, could you imagine Cooper, Gallup, and Sanders? That would have been scary. But you know, going to New Orleans, I think he's playing himself in a position where you're playing for a fun franchise. You're playing in one of the most hostile, one of the most fun uh, environments down in New Orleans. And you know, to be with someone like Drew Brees, how exciting is that? And you know, Sanders has played with who? You know, you got Roethlisberger, Peyton Manning. He's played with a bunch of fun QBs. So now you play with another legend. I think it all makes sense for him. Especially because I know some people are kind of wondering how much does he have left because his numbers were kind of down in San Francisco. Let, let it be known. His numbers are down because, you know, they were running the ball down Green Bay, Minnesota's throw. Jimmy G wasn't really getting the ball. Like if, well, I think most quarterbacks make that throw. If you run Super Bowl third down, Santa's wide open, got behind both safeties, just grappled and hit him. So I think Santa's is more enough in the tank. And, you know, it's the type of moves that can pull him over the top. Like, like I think the Saints... You know, going to draft, I don't know what they need. Like they're one of those teams where it's pretty much BPA now. Whoever's the best player available, go get them because this team just loaded. You wrote Nelson Aguilar over here, but like, congrats! I, 
I don't I don't want to talk about that. D- Derek Carr and Nelson Aguilar just seems like a headache waiting to happen. Like, yeah. <laughs> but hey, John Gruden, you know, he's still out here, I guess. But I just I just think the fit is just kind mm. of clunky. I think um I think Eric Ebron to Pittsburgh could be something. I love Eric Ebron. I know a lot of people kind of say, all right. He's kind of underachieved, but I think as someone, you know, a red zone threat, someone that can stretch the field, he's one of the best tight ends that could do it. You just have to put up with the drops, and, you know, he does get injured quite a bit. But I think, you know, with a quarterback like Big Ben, who could be very reliant on the tight end position, and someone that knows yep. like a, a lot of the tight end position, I think it's a great fit. I actually thought, well, at first Danny Kelly mentioned this. Like, Danny Kelly was talking about Ebron and uh, Buddy. He was talking about how Falcons should look for Ebron. I was like, wow, that'd be a pretty good fit. They ended up trading for Hayden Hurst, which wasn't necessarily a big fan of, but Ebron someone that's established. You know, Andrew Luck, man, that year, Luck could give a lot of his success to Ebron because you know, even though Luck put the ball in great position, he still have a big body, big athletic freak like Ebron can make those plays. So I think with Pittsburgh, he gives him another reliable weapon. So uh, I absolutely love the move. And two years, $12 million, I think it's a pretty solid deal as well. Yeah, that's a very fair deal. Yeah, you, you you plug them into that offense. I think it could uh, it could make it, they could cost some. Yo, if Ben comes back healthy, watch out for Pittsburgh, bro. Dude, they got top five D, and and a lot of those defensive players are young. You're talking yeah. about guys like T.J. Watt, Fitzpatrick, Dupree. Yeah, I know they lost Hargrave, but other than that, I think they're pretty much stacked there. Just I think it just comes down to Big Ben staying healthy because you know they can only do so much with such incompetent quarterback play last year. I also like this move for the Jets. The Jets were getting uh, kind of trolled by people on social media, which is kind of the norm with the Jets. But everyone that's been listening to the show knows how I feel about Pierre Desir. Um, you know, he's not he's not prime Darrell Revis, but he's a very good corner. And I, comparing someone to prime Darrell Revis, I know, I know. Like I'm saying like the hype. I don't want to hype him up like he's a, a lockdown corner. But I, I thought. The year that the Colts, the, the last Andrew Luck year, when they went to the playoffs and they beat the Texans, he had two games against D-Hop, man, where the one game D-Hop ran wild, and then the next two games they put Pierre Desir on him, and he kind of held him in check. I know my buddy, shout out to my guy Model man, one of the fans of the show. He's like, yeah, we cut we cut Pierre Desir because we got rid of D-Hop. So no, that's why the, that's why the Colts cut him because he was n- not in need anymore, but... You know, for the Jets, I, I kind of like that move. They found a corner. I think he's very good. He's very underrated. And it's a pretty fair deal for the Jets. They didn't really have to go wild with paying him. One-year deal, prove-it deal. Again, I, I like those prove-it deals. So what do you think about that one, man? I like the player. I am a little cautious about the fit just because the Colts, I think they play the most zone in the league. Like Matt, That's a very Miles good point. Is, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I remember from playing DFS how it was a team where you would want to target guys like uh, underneath, like PPR kind of guys. Because mm-hmm. like, the Colts, their defense is based on we're going to keep the ball in front of us. We're not going to let anyone get in behind us. We're just going to you know force takeaways and make sure open field tackle all the time. They don't miss tackles, just keep the plays in front of you. You're going from that to Greg Williams' defense where you know, you're blitzing six, seven guys every other play and you're stuck on island. You know, so that's why I'm a little I'd be a little cautious just about, you know, how he fits at that scheme because you're going from a place where okay, you have all this protection to now where you might be on island at times because Greg Williams is just a maniac. So you know, that's something I, I think you gotta keep in mind. But he's definitely a talented player and someone that I think could hold his own, especially given He's such a physical player. That's another thing I noticed with him. But you know, just 
going from a heavy zone scheme to what looks like a pretty man-based scheme could be a bit of a tra- transition for him. Let me ask you a question on the offensive side of the ball, just a general talking point. What what player that is available do you think is the biggest head-scratcher for you that hasn't been signed yet? Is it one of the quarterbacks like Winston? I know Cam just got released. Um, is there like an offensive line? Like I know you're a big Jason Peters guy. Like wh- Who's a guy that's out there? Yeah, because there's so many teams with bad left tackles. Like, yeah. I don't, what the, how no, don't worry, are. I have one too. So. Oh, well... That caps. I don't know what the cap is with Nate Soldier, oh. but but yeah, I wonder what's the deal with Winston because uh, I don't know. I like we make fun of him quite a bit on the podcast, but for the right reason. But I just the Chicago Bears just trading a fourth rounder and taking on a Nick Foles contract when I think Jameis Winston and Cam Newton are you know much better players. It's that's just something that just makes you scratch your head. Or even the Jaguars, like I don't think Minshew should be a guaranteed star. I know you want to develop him, but he wasn't someone that you know fully made you believe that he could be a franchise quarterback. Of course, you won't give him a chance, but I think he's still someone that you know, should earn his place, You know, put him up against someone like Winston or Newton. So, yeah, I think some teams could definitely use it. I don't know why they're being ostracized like this, but uh, I guess time will tell. And, yeah, I assume Peter's eventually going to make And another thing I keep in mind is probably medicals. You know, obviously That's true. Even, so, even someone like Jason Peters, who's 38, who's battled a lot of injuries. So, you know, that could be enough to keep in mind. But teams like the Browns, Jaguars, Bears that have pretty major flaws, they should be looking into things. Hey, Chargers, I know you're listening. Oh, there we go. Get Cam. All day. Get Cam. It is unbelievable how perfect of a fit it is. The star power of L.A. He brings swagger and charisma there. If he's healthy, let's not forget how good Cam was. And even... I think you've said it a few times. Uh, two years ago, weren't they like seven and two, six and two, and then the Thursday night debacle? Six and two, yeah. And then North Terror just clicked. So you know he's won an MVP. He's still young, right? He's not running as much, but yo, you look at the roster around what they've done defensively. Like, yo, is there a better defense on paper right now than what the Chargers have put together? Holy. They're up there. Fuck. They're up there with the Niners and Steelers, I would say. Man, nah, I would, I would, Ravens. I would take the Chargers over all of them just because of how good that the, the secondary is too, and they got a pass rush. Like okay, maybe yeah, linebacker is a weakness, but still, man, I just think that that could cover cover it up. Yeah, but, on paper they're scary. It's just you know, the Charger curse is always something I'm going to keep in mind. That's true. That's true. And then you look at the <laughs> offense, right? You have Austin Eckler, who you're a big fan of. If you're the Chargers, you just paid him. You made him your running back. I believe he's a, a top eight running back salary-wise. You have Hunter Henry, who you franchise. You have Mike Williams. You have Keenan Allen. You're a team that also drafts really well, Allen. They've hit on a lot of their draft picks over the last couple of years. Except the offensive line. like Guys like Dan Feeney and Forrest Slant just didn't pin out. So that's the one position. That's just, especially with the offensive line. In the, in the NFC West in particular, where you go up against Von Miller, Bradley Chubb, Chris Jones. Frank Clark, Frank Clark, the yeah. offensive line, they got to get together. It's been a problem for years, and now you don't have Rivers, who knows how to get the ball out quickly. A guy like Tyron Taylor or Cam Newton, these guys are known for taking sacks. They're going to wait and look for their you know, look for their options. They're not afraid to, not afraid of contact. You know? And, of course, yeah, they have scrambling ability, but these guys aren't you know, quick trigger like Rivers, so that's another thing I keep on. Like, Rivers did a lot to build them out at times. Now, you know, who they draft or who they sign, because someone's going to have to compete with Tyron Taylor. 
yeah, that's something they have to take into account. I know we have every reason to get excited about the Chargers, but yeah, it's you just, can't I, burned how many times. If you're a Chargers fan, bro, and you go into the year with Tyrod Taylor, you should be like even more disappointed than you already are with this franchise. Like you, you can't do that to them. Maybe, maybe they look. You know, they do have the sixth pick in the draft. Um. Maybe two is healthy. Maybe they like Justin Herbert from Oregon, who I'm a I'm a fan. I feel like he deserves more love, but you know, Impy's been chewing out my ear about Jordan Love. He really likes him coming out of Utah State. Impy Shady is the QB whisperer. Okay. So, keep so that in mind. yeah, let, let's see. But um, I want to finish on this last note. Is there anything else in free agency you want to touch on? Uh, Cowboys signing Hard Clinton Dix. Uh, they're rumored also to get on Tari Poe. I think you know getting some veterans is key for them because they've lost a lot on the back end and in the defense line. We're losing Malik Collins and Robert Quinn. So the fact they're getting these veterans that you know aren't as good as they once were, but they're still reliable contributors, I think is you know something that should be that support them. But at the same time, Dallas losing Travis Frederick. Oof, man. Well, that's what. That. Yeah, you oh. kind of segued into that. What I want to ask you, man, is you know we need to. It's very important to note that this is yet another guy who is retiring from the game early. And within the within the past year, we've had four big-name players under 30 years old walk away. Gronkowski, Andrew Luck, Luke Keekley a couple months ago, Travis Frederick. Yo, you could, you could make a strong case, Alan, that arguably top five at their positions across the board, those guys too, right? Oh, absolutely. So, man, I think the NFL, what is happening, I don't think that NFL is dying or that football is dying. It's going to disappear. What I think is happening, Alan, is we have a lot more access to information. Doctors and medicals are being taken more serious. It's no longer a, you're you're not a bitch if you decide to like, Yo, you know what? My head hurts, man. I got to let you know, and I'm going to sit out a couple games. Like, you're no longer... Society is more welcoming to the idea of you taking care of your body, only coming back to play when you're healthy, right? What happened to Kevin Durant? Kevin Durant was getting all this pressure from outside sources. He comes back in place. His ankle isn't fully healthy, blows out his Achilles. We haven't seen Kevin Durant in a very long time. And now with all this corona shit, we're not going to see him for a very long time. So, going back to what I'm saying... This is a time in history right now where the athlete is respected by the public way more than ever before. When Andrew Luck retired, everyone was like, yeah, man, go get yours. Not one person. The one person that came out and said, yo, you're kind of like laying your team out to dry got destroyed by social media. Yeah, Doug Gottlieb. Right. And, you know, like to his point, I understand what he was saying. But now with mental health and all that stuff being so out there and out in the open... What I think is happening now, Alan, is these guys are talented enough to go pro. They're getting that first big contract. They make their money, and then they're like, you guys can't see it, but I'm throwing up the deuces to Alan. Like, I'm out, bro. Like, I don't need $100 million. I can be chilling with 15 You know, like, that's what I think is happening with the athlete. They're cashing in, and they're getting out while they still can walk around and be functional and be able to pick up their kid and not have to worry about knee and back aches. That's what I think is happening with football. I do want to note that Frederick does have this Ghislaine 
Mari syndrome, which is a kind of a disease that affects the nervous system. Like he was out of for all of 2018. That's right. You're right. Yeah. Very important. So you mentioned this, that. this is something a little bit more unique. It's not just you know he was kind of just broken down for the game. This is something that was very severe. And you know, I do commend him on the fact that you know, he came back in 2019. But he said that he didn't play at the level that he expected to be. At. He's just like, if I can't play at the game at the highest level, why am I playing? And you just have to admire that kind of mentality you know, because Charles Frederick, I put him up there. Like in the NFC, it was him. Uh, Jason Kelsey and Alex Mack, those are like the three premier centers, and those guys made a huge difference for their respective teams. And Frederick was just kind of the gold standard. Him, Zach Moore, and Tyron Smith, they built that foundation in Dallas. And you know, for him to say he wasn't even playing at the highest level, and just you know, realizing that I can't do this anymore, you just have to commend them. So, you know, I know Dallas adores him, so he'll get the respect that he deserves. It's just, you know, for this to happen now, it's you know, timing's not bad, but it's just. And it hurts to lose once again another premier player because these guys, you know, you watch them every Sunday, they're just making so many you know, difference making blocks, difference making plays, depending on how you want to categorize it. But you know, salute to Charles Frederick, he was one of the true premier centers that always played at an L Pro level. How do you feel about what I said, where guys are just getting their money and then they're out? Uh, in a way, I definitely agree, but I think it's a little more complex, especially when you look at guys like Keekly and Andrew Luck. Like these guys had severe head injuries or just severe punishment in Luck's case. So I do think it's a matter of, you know, you have the way, you know, it's, it's an individual kind of thing where you have to look at it, you know, what they went through or just what's the actual decision behind it. You know, as there are certain players like, say, Doug Baldwin or Patrick Willis or even Calvin Johnson where it was more of, okay, my body's kind of worn down and I'm just going to get out. But in the case of Luck and Keekly, you can just tell, okay, this totally makes sense. You've taken uh, severe punishment over the course of your career. You totally understand, you know. You totally understand with every player because it, it has to hurt to retire because, you know, when you're playing at such a high level and you're so respected and you want to compete out there, you know, it's definitely a hard decision to make. So you have to respect it regardless. But it's just, you know, to be at playing at such a high level and just making a decision, it's something that you, know, you have to kind of take into consideration, but you have to kind of weigh every individual you know, decision. So that's how I look at it. Yeah, very interesting take there, man. I I, uh, I applaud him. It can't be easy to just walk away. I completely forgot about the sickness. I'm glad that you brought that up because, uh, yeah, he did miss a lot of time. And I remember that was a very big blow for them, especially running. Um when you look at like the advanced analytics stuff and they would show like the charts on PFF, how they started to struggle when they would run up the middle. When he, I mean, look, he's one of the few times that a team took an offensive lineman in the first round and like the crowd was actually happy about it. You, you know, they were building <laughs> something and usually the offensive lineman always gets booed when a team goes to take it because got to remember, man, it's a real thing. People always cheer the running back, wide receiver and the quarterback and they always boo everything else for the most part. Yeah, and especially the center position. That's not very glamorous. Yeah. It's not about a tackle. All right, man. Uh, I think we can wrap up here. Is there anything else you want to add? No, that's about it. Uh, it's been probably the craziest offseason I could ever recall. Yeah, a lot of a lot of big names changing places. And um hasn't really been outside of, uh, was it Armstead? It was Armstead, Ar- Armstead. Right? Yeah, his contract with the Colts. Oh, well, he, he he stayed in San Fran. Oh, so he got resigned. It was Buckner. Buckner. That went to the Colts. Okay, outside of Buckner's contract, like the twenty-one million for a defensive tackle. Outside of that, I don't think anything's been crazy. Everything seems normal. 
in terms of star players or just in general? Because no, like still... what what the that kind of player setting the market or getting it wasn't that outrageous. I mean, Blake Martinez for ten million is horrendous, but I think Jeff fans will look at George Fett and wonder what did they just sign. That's true. Yeah, there's probably some bad contracts out there, but these are just players that aren't very good when it comes to the stars. Like, okay, I'm not crazy about Robert Quinn's contract, but he's still someone that's gone off, you know, one of the best years of his career. And I can understand because you look at teams like the Bears that got cap space, so they're going to spend freely. It might not be the best move, but you know, I can understand why they did. Then again, you look at a move like Jimmy Graham, it's just like, have you not watched this man play over the past three years? Like, what is he going to do for your roster? Please he, tell me. He's been shot since, unfortunately, he got hurt. He tore the patella, that crazy. I think he caught it. It was like, it was like a fade against the. This one was in Seattle. Yeah, and he just felt awkwardly. And, hey, that's the that's the injury that ended Victor Cruz's career, bro. Victor Cruz oh. was never the same player that came back. That's a that's a that's a. T- you're better off tearing your ACL, is what what people have said. Okay. Oh, okay. I got one last question because it was just reported that Peyton Manning is not gonna take the ESPN offer. Who would you like to see call games? Because we all know Buck McFarland is not the answer. Call Monday Night Football. Jim Ross. <laughs> I think he's gonna pay quite well. Oh my God! He he killed him. <laughs> when he gets someone gets tackled. Uh, I don't know, man. Like, I'll tell you this much. Maybe maybe I'm the I'm in the minority here, but outside of Tony Romo who I enjoy listening to, like I could go with anyone calling the game really, you know, like I, a lot of times I watch, I like to watch sporting events with the volume off because I don't like to be influenced by, uh, the commentary, especially in the UFC. Sometimes I've noticed when we're like at a bar or something, Alan, and you can't really hear the commentary because sometimes it's, it influences your decision or your bias. So, yeah, but I don't know. Do you have someone in mind? I would love to see Kurt Warner. He's done Kurt. very well when went on NFL Network. He's done some of the Saturday games for the past few years, and mm. I think he's done a couple preseason games, and he's just always very funny. Him and Rich Eisen have if, great chemistry. If we're going to go with – I've heard him on uh, on the fan when um, Westwood won radio. He does the games with uh, – remember that – what's the name of the guy? Um no, 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 no. The guy that he does, he calls the games with on the national radio where he called the the streaker and the black cat. He's, he's Oh, damn. How am, I, oh, how am I black on his name? But he's, oh, Kevin Harlan. Kevin Harlan. Okay. So, he has so many gigs right now. Like I know, CBS I know. has them doing college basketball yeah, 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 NFL. Yeah, yeah. But yeah Kevin Harlan. But yo, if we're going to the, the – guys, chime in. At Veterans Minimum, let us know who like your favorite commentators are and broadcasters. What about Nate Burleson, bro? He's basically a big name, that's why. Nate Burleson? He's got a great role at CBS, but I could see maybe. I don't know how much that commentary experience is. He's more of like the analyst. Right. But, uh, yeah, he's so busy. But, hey, ESPN's been all for like, Look, they're ready to trade for Al Michaels. So, they're just, I think they know they have to really upgrade. They, they just can't, this yeah. whole Booker project just can't yeah. be going on much longer. All right, cool. Alan, what you, we could do now is you could give your outro. And then I got to do an ad read, which we'll get to right now. And then I'll bring on the Instagram live with Mustafa. So, Alan, where can they find you? You can find me at Alan underscore Stark. That's A-double-L-E-N underscore S-T-R-K. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talk. Here comes the money.
Talked about some bills with currently no NBA, NHL, or MLB. You might think that there's nothing to bet on. Well, congrats. You'd be wrong. Our exclusive partner still has hundreds of sports, events, and games to wager on. Or they can bring Vegas to you with their online casino and blackjack. Open 24 hours a day and all online, including their $750,000 poker series. Might have to dabble in that. You know what I'm saying? If you're into props and entertainment betting, you can still bet on Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol, stock prices, and the weather. Visit their website and join today to receive a 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Be sure to use the promo code BLUEWIRE. That is BLUEWIRE, B-L-U-E-W-I-R-E. Bet online, your online wagering experts. I'll give you a little context about this brother I'm bringing on. I've been, of course, wanting to uh, highlight some of my friends, bring on some of my friends that uh, I've known, I trust, I value their opinion, I value their experience. They have some sort of credibility or life experience that they have gone through that I want them to share with you know my friends with everyone that i know miss tanya what to do so without further ado let's go ahead and bring on uh mr lamb plug you in sir plug you in yep okay okay what's what up, up baby brother? what's up man can you hear me i can hear you loud and clear my friend how you doing <clears throat> i'm doing all right bro i'm doing all right you're keeping your sanity through this uh, social distancing, quarantine, all that good stuff. Yeah, man. But I do, I do have a little bit of an issue to pick up with you. Uh oh. Uh oh. You know, Don't curse I, now. No, no, no. I'm gonna keep it PG. You know, I understand <laughs> that. But I've been uh, following all your stuff, and I'm super proud of you. All your growth. All these interviews have been great. But I guess we need to wait until the whole world is on lockdown for me to get an invite. Oh, no. <laughs> no, no. I, see, the, the real plan was to establish some momentum so that I get you, you know what I'm saying? I want the people to be here and really locked in. That was the whole idea. So it was actually a reverse psychology. You know what I'm saying? I just want to make sure that the people knew that this was happening so that they can tune in during this time. That's all it was. That's all it uh, is. All right. Nice, nice wording over there, man. You, you, you won me over. Okay, good, 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 good. I've been practicing. I've been practicing. Um, so let's jump right into it, man. You know, of course, like I said, um, of course, I, I, I want you to talk a little bit about who you are, where you come from, all that good stuff. But I really want you to focus on uh, this concept of time and how you are utilizing your time right now. Right? Like this is a, a thing that, again, everyone talks about. Man, I don't have enough time to do that. I don't have enough time to do that. And now we've been blessed with nothing more but time. So um, tell the people who you are, what you're up to, what do you do? And then, of course, let's attack that conversation because this is an interesting time we're experiencing. You know, I don't know how long we're going to be on this Instagram Live, so I'm going to try to cut it down and narrow it down to the, the meat of the conversation. But, man... Uh, us two in particular have known each other for many, many years. We go way back, way back. Uh, it's one of those relationships where even if we don't talk all the time, when we do, you know, it's special. It's a three, four times a year, but as we've gotten older and matured, we're talking more and more, but it was always those conversations, man, that I look forward to. And also with you in particular, it's like, we pick off 
we pick up right where we left off kind of thing, right? But yeah. as far as I go, my quote-unquote nine to five is my dad got a coffee truck in the city, breakfast, 25-plus years, 49th and Park Avenue, day in, day out, no days off for real. You don't Shout out to Mr. Tony. Yeah, shout out to the to the real OG. Man, from a young age, uh, you know, I've never, Mustafa, you know this, but I've never been on a family vacation with my parents, right? The only vacation I would get is when we would go to the Super Bowl every year. And that's not like a flex or anything, but it's just to tell you how we don't shut down for anything, right? right? Snow, rain, sleet, whatever, we're there for work. So yeah. that work, work ethic has been installed in me. I've been doing that since I got out of college. I never really got my degree, spoiler. I kind of just walked out. I transferred so many different times. Just got to a point where I'm 24 years old, man. I just started doing the podcast, Veterans Minimum, sports show. Some people might know me from there. And that's grown. I'm coming up on August. It'll be five years that I've been doing it. And, you know, excuse me. Uh, It's not Corona, just allergies and shit. I don't want to scare you. But, man, you know, it just got to a point, you know, like I went up to Buffalo State. I was there for two years and I transferred home. Went to CW Post. A lot of credits don't transfer over. Before you know it, I sit out a year. I go to Nassau. Sit out a year. Go to Queens. Then I'm 24 years old, bro. And I'm like, I don't even know what I'm doing here. Mm. I got this thing that I believe in and I'm into. And I'm starting to get some momentum. People like it. People are gravitating themselves over to me. They're enjoying my conversation and my input and my knowledge. And then I was like, yo, I'm going to just go all in on this thing. And I stole it from you, man, and I give you credit all the time. I call that 9 to 5, the food truck, that's the dream supplier because mm-hmm. it affords me the luxury to do all the other stuff that I want to do, which is, I'm not afraid to say it, I want to be this generation's Bill Simmons, Joe Rogan, right? Like, I want to be that guy for people in their 20s and 30s now for the next generation, you know? Like, Joe Rogan East, he's out in L.A. I want to be that dude, and that's really what I do, man. It's it's sports at its core, but I just like talking to people because I think everyone got a story. Right. I guess that's the wrestling fan of me. Like, for those that might not know wrestling, wrestling is storytelling. Like, sure, you can have this character and this gimmick, but how do you connect with the audience? How do you connect with the people? So that's where I get that. Like, I call it podcast and chill. I've had you on the show countless times. And yeah. one of our best episodes has been with you where we talk about, like, would you let your kid play a certain sport? Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Dust that off. <laughs> the other side too, dude. <laughs> right? So it's it's like it's it's just conversations, man. It's just if you could just if me and you, man, we were to go out to a bar, we were to get a a bite to eat and hang out for two hours, we would never not have anything to talk about. So that's how I direct my show. It's yeah. At its core, it's a sports show, but it's just a conversation and a, a lifestyle show is how I like to portray it. Yeah, and, and on that, man, I want to piggyback and just say the beauty of this time and conversation. And again, for everyone who's been plugged in with me over the last couple of days, I'm not, I'm optimistic, but I'm not naive. Like, I'm not dumb to what's happening out there, but I just made a personal decision not to direct or invest my energy in what's happening outside in the world. Because I believe, like, any great depression that's happened, any great recession, we've always bounced back and overcome. So I want to do my part and take people's attention and effort outside of that. So when you mentioned conversation, and of course, your podcast is strictly around sports, right? Just want to kind of throw that out there so everyone, you know, tuning in to know what it's about. When you mentioned conversation, 
conversations are one of those things that when everything is up and running, when there's no restrictions or shutdowns because of COVID or anything like that, conversations are actually very, very, what's the word I'm looking for? Very just like surface level, right? It's like somebody says hello and you don't really even respond hello or how you're feeling. You just say what you're accustomed to doing. Oh, same old, same, oh, doing good, fine, how are you? Like you don't really respond. So the beauty of this time and conversations, and again, I'm highlighting the good, the beauty of this time and conversations is that you can actually pause for a moment and have a conversation about what is happening, how you actually feel and embrace and take more initiative of this thing. But um, moving forward, when you talk about a sports podcast, uh, that's kind of not happening right now. Sports aren't a thing in this uh, in this time. Uh, talk about how you're navigating, how you're using this time to stay creative. Because when you talk about just the world that we live in today, a lot of what we're seeing is people going online, taking their platforms, creating shows, hobbies, passions, YouTube, everything is pushed over online. So again, when you hear that most common excuse or the most common reason, however you want to view it, it's I don't have enough time. Now we have nothing but time, but there's still a challenge for someone like yourself, because although you have the time, the thing that you usually create content around has been shut down. But you put out an episode the other day, you're recording a, an episode right now. Talk about how you're still like, okay, bet I, I get the curveball, but I'm going to stay resilient and continue to navigate with and do the best uh, with the time that I've been given. The cool thing about sports is even though it's not currently taking place, like so much has happened. There's so many, I, I don't know. I don't want to come off as arrogant or, or as like the man, but uh, from talking to people that I'm affiliated with or, I'm partnered with and they're struggling with topics. I'm like, it's kind of been easy, you know, like, sure. I can't talk about what the Lakers did last night because there's no Lakers, but right. you know, going back to how I had you on the podcast and we spoke briefly on the phone the other day and you know, when we got on, you're like, what are we going to talk about? And I was like, yo, we just watched the UFC. You're, you're Arabic, you're Muslim. Uh, Habib is one of the biggest stars in the UFC. We watched his fight. Right. We were like, yo, we'll talk about that. And then we went an hour and a half and it covered so many different bases. So that's why I think it's important with the conversation, right? How, it just, how much of that is percept or like perspective or perception in your own mind though? Because you're right. Some people might are going to take your approach. Other people might be like, well, my podcast is out of business right now because there's no sports. How much of that is just pure mindset? Like, yo, I can cover other topics. And how much of it is just like, oh no, that's what everyone's doing. Well, that's the thing. I, I feel like it needs everything about me is authentic and organic. I'm not going to start doing TikTok dance videos. Not my thing. <laughs> right? but you I sure think, you're not going to do a little? Nah, but you know, we got, okay. some, we got some moves, but we keep them uh, under wraps. But no, on a serious note, man, that's why I, I've i started for about a year and a half now this whole podcast and chill, right? It's mm -hmm. a play on Netflix and chill. Podcast and chill, It's I get whoever. I'm into very few things, most. I like wrestling, I like gambling, I love sports, and I like just talking. So when I talk to someone, my phone is face down, I give them my undivided attention. And like I said before, man, if we go out to a bar and we're hanging out from 9 to 11 or whatever, we're not going to run out of things to say or to talk about. Right. So with me, I've established certain series that I do every couple months. Like right now, we're in the middle of a top 25 QBs list of the 2000s. So it's a five week five-part series and those 
we've coined it as evergreen episodes, like the evergreen tree. They stay green all year round. So, you know, episode, we broke it up into five increments, 25 to 21. Who are the, I conducted a list, my buddy Alan, my co-host, he did a list. And we just shoot the, shoot the breeze about it. But that's an episode that, dude, you can listen to that a year from now and it's relevant. It's still relevant. Yeah. So it's, yeah. it's different segments or, or episodes based around that theory or that idea. And then again, just like I'm recording this right now. I don't know if right. it's going to be good. I don't know how the audio is going to sound. I literally just have my microphone underneath the phone and it's just more content. It's more bonus. I'm going to chop these clips up into different things. Right. So it's getting creative. You said the thing about time and that was always my big issue, but with the dream supply, going back to what you said, how you coined your company with me, it gives me the luxury to get in shape, right? Like the gym is a big part of my life now because I ballooned up and I got heavy. The boy mm -hmm. was chunky, but I, I knew that my future was in front of the camera and I didn't want to be insecure. You know, dude, I just turned 29 at 27. I have braces on. It's kind of mm -hmm. awkward going out when you're 27 and you got braces on. But I knew that one day I'm going to be in front of a camera. I was thinking way down the line, let me throw away this one a year. Stay inside. I, I rarely go out now anyway, because I'd rather not go out and do this, you know, SOS, right? And I'd rather just stay home and work on something. That's really what my life has been like for a while. So having this luxury of extra time, mm. I've come up with so many different ideas for through uh, football season, through now, right? I have this video idea that I think is the one. And yeah. I don't really get my hopes up that much, but the concept of it, I think, is going to be dope. And it's just constantly just getting creative, man. Love it. Love it. Love it. I think this was positioned perfectly for a Sunday evening. It's kind of like a podcast and chill, right? It's super casual. Nothing too, you know, frantic or overly structured. You can just tune in and enjoy the conversation. I'd like to direct the conversation in the... in more so around you know like maybe somebody on they're listening or they're replaying this thing back and they're not necessarily in the sports arena or in the podcasting arena but there's a type of again like i love your mindset and your outlook about just the ease that you take into creating right like there's time that we need to create and there's just the ease and a, and a nice flow and breeze that you take to the concept of creating what would you say to somebody who's just starting off he's like you know, he or she may be panicking like, man, I, I don't think I will have a job when I go back or when COVID is over with. My job may be in jeopardy. How can I start going about establishing some sort of brand online, maybe putting out any sort of helpful tips that they may have based around their passions? Like this is the time to go about that thing that you wanted to do. If you always wanted to bake, well, guess what? You should probably start putting up some recipes about, right? So it doesn't just have to be sports. It can be anything. But from your experience, like you said, five years into this thing, again, a good amount of credibility with shows and, and a lot of stuff to show for it. Uh, where would you recommend they start? What's a nice little, you know, just your your advice or, or things to avoid as it relates to that concept? I think everyone's hesitation is starting because mm -hmm. we do we do live in an era now where uh, numbers are everything. Your followers, your engagement, your likes, they matter. And as much as I want to say that they don't, that's whether it's a sad reality or the reality that's just the facts. When you're starting to build something through the internet, those stuff matters. But I, I can't tell you the last time someone asked me for my resume in school. They haven't. 
I have a digital media resume where it's all the guests that I've had on. I know how to Photoshop. I'm sitting in front of a green screen right now. Right. Can I do this? Can I do that? Can I upload? Can I time out a podcast? Can I do a live ad read in one take? Can I do all that stuff? I stream on Twitch. So that's live. There's no cuts. There's no edits. Got to be careful what you say. A lot of people have pissed away their whole career on Twitch because they say something they weren't supposed to, but it's right. live. You can't go back and edit. Sorry. Right. You should be more right. careful. So I think it's just starting, bro. And it's going to suck. And you're going to get discouraged. Dude, I edit a video that comes out for four minutes and it takes me like three hours to do it because I add a lower third. I add this, I add that. And then 30 people see it. But it's like, yo, that's just part of it. You're built. That's part of your resume. My YouTube yeah. channel has 11,000 subscribers. That's part of your resume. Yeah. Like, that's just what you got to do. You just got to start. And like you said, man, I'm coming up on five years doing this. I feel like I've been doing this for way longer because I don't sleep. I'm sleeping now this week. I can't find. I'm getting the boys getting some rest. <laughs> I'm getting I, some rest. Hey, I don't blame you. But yep. you know, yeah, I took that one week where I slept with no alarm clock. But now I'm already set for six thirty tomorrow. People don't my the track by my crib is getting packed out. So I'm like, yo, let me go earlier, avoid everybody. Right? Mm -hmm. I understand. I'm respecting the whole social distancing thing, and I right. get it. But man, it's all about starting. And yo, it's gonna suck. It's not gonna be fun. You're gonna get discouraged. Dude, about two weeks ago, I went to Vegas. I came back. I shot all this content. And my buddy Alex, who came out with me, flew him out from Chicago, my videographer. First time we met, I was like, yo, I'm going to give you the passwords to all my social medias. I want you to put out these certain things. And I want to just shut it down for two weeks. Because mm -hmm. I've been going guns blazing since last June. No, right. no podcast missed nothing. You know, like my show had five people and then it went down to just me. So I had to pick up the burden of everyone else. So I don't like making excuses. Right. Right. Coach Brosnan used to say winners execute, losers give excuses. And that resonated with me. Yeah. So you got to just, yo, these are, this is the trick right here, man. The hands, you got to go to work. I love it. I love it. I love it. And, and I love what Ryan, man. So Ryan came on the show. I'm calling it a show. I guess maybe it is a show. I don't know. But I love what Ryan mentioned the other day, man. Ryan came on and was like, yo, when you're starting this journey, because there's so much content going online, uploaded to Instagram and all these various platforms, whatever it is that you upload that you think isn't your best work, people who will tune in and watch it and they like it or critique it, whatever, whatever their reaction is to the content or what it is that you're exposing them to, they're only really going to pay attention to for what, two minutes at most, and then they're going to forget it and move on to the next thing. So if you're even worried or concerned or afraid of starting because it's not perfect or it's not exactly how you imagined it to be or you're not sure where it is, you know, trying, just doing something, anything, at least ticks some of those like, you know, you might have an idea bank. It's like, okay, nope, that one doesn't work. Nope, that wasn't it. But at least now you're narrowing that list down instead of just having that same old list sitting on your vision board collecting dust, right? So like I, I, I kind of wanted to... Um, would you wanna, agree? Are you going to disagree? No, nah, I want to add some more to that, man, because I, I want to, like, one thing that I've built my brand on and my show on is authenticity. Like, people people know how I feel about certain things. They know how I feel about certain people at all times. If you want something from me, just know that you might not like it, but I pride myself on, you'll always know where you stand with me. That's right. one thing about me, right? right? Dude, I spent all of Memorial Day weekend, this past, this past Memorial Day weekend, 
where everyone goes away, everyone hangs out, they get hammered and whatnot. And, you know, it's it's the, uh, the I think it's the official, like, party weekend of the summer, like, to kick off the summer. Mm-hmm. I stayed home. I shot this video about Kemba Walker, who at the time played for the Hornets. He's a New York kid. He was on the verge of getting the Supermax for the Hornets. So I shot this whole video, dude. I had four tripods going. I rented a camera, edited the video. Monday, I'm ready to launch it. I look at it back, and I'm like, this is horrible. Wow. Scratched the whole thing. Spent my whole weekend doing it, but it's trial and error. And you see, like, I can't put that out there because every time I upload something and I get some feedback, I'm like, Phew. all right, it doesn't suck. People mm-hmm. like it. Let's mm-hmm. move on to the next one. Mm-hmm. so it, you're gonna it's trial and error man if you were to listen to the first podcast i ever did and some people that hear this i've been listening from the beginning i i never would have thought that i'm working with this company chat sports right and i'm right. doing weekly videos for them i've interviewed with some companies that i'll keep on the wraps in case they want to hire me again or whatnot right so it's just i never would have thought that but yo it's you know the ten thousand hour rule that's true uh, secrets to success. All that stuff is true, but the main factor is you got to do it. You got to put in the work. That's the common indeed. theme. Whatever. Indeed, indeed. And, and you know, I, 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 whatever you're taking from this, if you have any questions, feel free to just pop them into that question box. We can begin to wrap up and just kind of, you know, uh, address any questions directly to Nick, to myself, whatever. That'll be great. Um, but, but really, you know, I think that nothing new you'll learn through these conversations. There's too much information out there for anyone to learn or hear something new that they've never heard before. But what I believe and what's really been heavy on my spirit as of late is activating something in yourself that may have went silent, right? Like you may know this, that you should just start, but before it may have been a cliche thing to you because you heard someone who you cannot relate or resonate with say it over and over again and it just never triggered anything to you. But maybe something in Nick's story you heard tonight and you were like, wow, you know what? That could be me. Let me just give it a shot. Right. And we're kind of going off just good faith saying like, man, if we continue to pour good energy out into the world, uh, essentially somebody, it might just resonate or hit or trigger somebody to say, all right, you know what? I'm going to go for it. I'm just going to I'm going to do the baking thing. I'm, I'm going to do something. Um, so that 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 was the intention of this. So, Nick. Um, I'll let you, maybe you want to take the questions first and then you'll kind of close off with your, you know, that, 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 that finishing punch. But uh, this one says, do you guys believe in days off or do you think the no days off mentality is more successful? You want me to go? Please. Um, you, de- you do need days off for your sanity. I strongly believe that. Now, day off. Not days, because I'm a big momentum guy. Mm. I, I believe in momentum. In sports, momentum swings. Countless teams have won championships based off momentum. So days off, no, but a day off, yeah. But make sure you deserve it. Like, dude, when I stay home on the weekends now, and it's Friday night, and everyone's going out, I'm like, I'm going to stay home. And I lean back on this chair. You know what I'm saying? Lean back, baby. And I pick up, up the feet. And I kick up the feet, I genuinely enjoy it. So I appreciate my time off now more than yeah. I did before. And I feel like I deserved it. If I don't do nothing that whole week, then I don't deserve a day off. Yeah. But I'm even in the day off, I'm still working on something. I can't tell you the last time I didn't work out on like in the gym or something like that. Like I'm right. constant. Even when I was in Vegas, I was waking up in the morning before I had to do everything, I would go and I would, you know, run the treadmill or whatnot. So 
I believe in a day off. You need it for your sanity. It's the same thing if you die, right? If you're just going to be eating greens and salads every day, you're going to lose your mind. Every now and then you got to throw in like a, a, a burger or chicken or something, you know, to shock your system a little bit. So I do believe in a, a, a day off, but you need to earn that. Yeah, that's good. I like that. I like that. I'm going to go to the opposite extreme because I, I don't want to echo just what you said. I'm going to do the devil's advocate kind of role. But I would just challenge you to, um, you know, you hear people again talking about what is it that you're passionate about? Like, what is it that you really love? And I really believe that you get to a place of what you're doing, that there's this oneness. You just feel complete doing it. Like, it's not something that you need a break from, per se, because when you're doing it, you're getting the energy that you need to keep going. Like, it re-energizes you through the process. The only time we start to feel burned out, and this is actually a great indicator that you're looking at the, the wrong things, is when you're basic, basing the, the progress, the success of what you're doing on the opinions of others. Like, I get it. Like, to your point, numbers do matter, and that's how maybe some companies are compensating creators and things of that nature. But when you start looking for the satisfactory or the approval of others, it takes away from the thing that you enjoy doing. And, and I would just challenge that person who ever asked that question, like, yep, definitely you want to take a balanced perspective to it, but let that question always trigger something in your mind to say, am I worrying too much about what others are saying that I'm, that it's draining my energy and I'm taking the focus or the attention away from what is it that I said I was going to start doing? Like, again, what I love about you for the five years, since the minute you started, you've only focused on things within the sports arena you didn't all of a sudden say oh i want to try cooking or uh scientific chemistry like you didn't you didn't just switch up one day because somebody said oh my god that podcast was terrible right um and and, and that's what i love about again the consistency of what you've done um can you just maybe close us off with this point here and i, I kind of let it be my last question if anything uh how have you responded to the negative feedback because i'm sure you know you, your podcast is public you you probably surpassed the 100,000 100, download mark. Yeah. Um, and not all of it has been like, oh, my God, all hail Nick. You are guys are phenomenal. How have you dealt and responded with the negative feedback or the haters? You got to weather the storm. And it might last a couple minutes. It might last a couple years. Going back to what I said before in passing, my podcast, when it first started, there was five of us. And then we hit a plateau. And then the show went in a different direction. Some people liked it. Some people disliked it. Some people went away. The show dropped as far as listens did and downloads. But that's part of it, right? Like, and and I got some, uh, it was kind of validating when I listened to some of, I guess my peers now, because I'm in the same field as them, when they left the radio show and, you know, it was two people, but now it's one person. And even they said, like, you know, it's a change. You're giving someone a brand new product, right? So there's going to be a drop-off. Mm-hmm. Whenever they change the late-night show host, when they move from one to another, there's a drop-off because the audience is familiar with one certain product. But you got to weather the storm. And I can't lie to you that it does get hard going back to getting discouraged. But, man, it always seems like it, it comes at the right time when you get that authentic response, that DM from someone, and they're like, yo, man, I." Much respect for your grind, much respect for you doing it. We're listening to you, and I hear that. And, man, I try my best to reply to everyone as soon as I get it. Sometimes it could be a lot or a lot's going on. My mind is constantly racing. But 
they'll never know. People will never know how much I needed to hear that when I did. Mm. It's just something that I can never explain to them. And it's something as simple as, yo, I love that last podcast, man. Keep grinding. I love all the work you're putting out. Right. But also on the flip side, when someone says the bad thing about it, it's like, that's just part of it, man. You're going to get discouraged that everyone that ever says something bad about you, like, take it for what it is. Now, if, if you can get something good out of it, like if someone says something, you know, you're not supposed to say like, 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 or, you know, you know, you know. Well, mm-hmm. the thing is, is that you don't know. That's why I'm telling you. So yeah. things like that, you know, I had someone tweet me one time. They're like, man, if I took a shot for every time you said like, I'd be dead. So I was like, mm-hmm. oh, yo, you know what? And now I got to a point where I, I've listened to myself so many times. I only listen when I do interviews now. I listen back to the episode. So for the most part, I know where, where I'm at with the content. And I know how I sound. And I know my voice. So I love how you spin that, though. Because not all of it is negative. Some of it can be constructive. Right? Oh, like, yeah. to your point, it says, right. Yeah, right. That's good. That, man, I think that comes from us being athletes, too. Mm-hmm. I think, you know. Open to feedback, in a sense. Yeah. yeah. You know, your coach, he would tell you, yo, Mustafa, you suck today, man. He wants the best out of you. But he's telling you that. <laughs> But, yo, he's telling you that because he wants the best for you, and he knows that you're better. He's seen you hit your ceiling. Yeah. So when you go up, you know, you're a baseball guy. You go up, and you, you went 0 for 4, and you had three balls go past you as a catcher. When your coach pulls you over, and he's like, yo, Mustafa, what happened today, man? Long night, like, like, come on, I need more from you. Like, right. you don't take that as, like, oh, F this guy, man. He's a hater. It's like, no, dude, like, you take the good from that conversation, and you take the good from that. That's what I do with the comments. That's a gem. That's a gem. That's a gem, and uh, I know better to try and, uh, you know what I'm saying, one, do one do or do over a, a, a gem. I, I love how you you brought that to a, a nice, you know, balanced perspective. Like, yo, not all of it is negative, mm. or maybe you're emotionally attached to what you're doing, It so it's overly negative for you. But some of it is constructive if you can really look at yourself and say, how can I better myself from this? And if you can't, then just leave it alone and move on. I love that. Um, the most successful people turn negativity into fuel. Love your motivation. Yep, this was good, Nick. This was good. Um, Justin said, love it. What if the thing you know you're supposed to state, start, or be doing, you have trauma around that area, and subconsciously it puts you back in that place? Does that make sense? It makes sense. Justin, I know you dropped that question before, and here's what I'll say to that. Uh, you have to heal, right? You have to heal. You have to Uh, get to a place of just confronting or accepting what is it that you've been through because you don't want to start something that you are not fully over and then begin to bleed on other people. Like your wound is open, so you're just like, here, take some of my blood. Take some of my blood, right? So um, I would challenge you to definitely say, how can I heal and really close that wound so that I can move forward. And I, we can talk a little bit more about that because I, I know that's the second time you've uh, you've mentioned that that um, that question. Maybe you got something you want to add to that, Nick. Yeah, man. I want to also say that it could be your escape too. Mm. Where that you know, I uh, 2018 was the worst year of my life. I can't even tell you what the number two seed would be in that bracket. You know, to 2018, and you know this. We had some conversations, and I. I I'll be honest with you, and I've said this many times, so I feel comfortable talking about it. Like, I don't know if I'd be here if I didn't have my show. Because with all the stuff that was going through and all the demons that I had to deal with and relationships that I burned because I was going through some stuff that I didn't really want to share with people because I was embarrassed, that's why now I feel so comfortable talking about it. So you said his name was Justin? Yeah. 
Yo, Justin, that could be an escape for you too, man, where when everything was going bad, the only thing I had was the show to keep me afloat and working out. So find that thing you're into. Yo, it sounds so corny because you hear it all the time and it's a cliche, but I like to say that, yo, look at me, like not for the attention. Look at me. Look at, I built something from the ground up and I'm not where I want to get to, but I know I'm going to get there. So I'm showing you the journey now prior to getting there because everyone likes to show you the 10 million mark and the, the the eight figure bank accounts but they don't want to show you from the beginning they don't want to show you dude i had to take out a delta credit card just so i could fly for free for now so i could pay it back minimal payments because i had places to be and things to go so it's just part of it man it could be your escape i, I really truly believe that because i don't know if we'd be having this conversation if it wasn't for the show yep yep i remember that conversation in the car when you was uh you know what i'm saying having some some uh, some deadly thoughts so uh and, yeah and, no, and, and i want to i want to say one thing about you man you have never told me no and i think people need to know that about you whether you're busy or not whether i pop up every now and then like i would in the past We're, we've been we've been talking a lot more like the last like 18 months and whatnot but man the whole idea of time like you make time for people that matter and things that matter and it could be friends and family it could be your work it could be your plus one Whatever it is, I, I truly believe that if you want to make time for someone or something, you find Indeed. the time. You find Indeed. the time. So my, my hat's off to you, and I appreciate you for that. I appreciate you, man. I appreciate you. Uh, it definitely means a lot to get that feedback as well. Um, where can people connect with you, man? Of course, you got the show. You're doing a lot of amazing things, and I want people to continue to keep up with you on the journey. Where can they connect with you? It's at the Lamb Show is my social media everywhere. Uh, at Veterans Minimum is the name of the podcast. Um, a lot of content, like the contest, I'll stop. And I got the next four weeks planned out. So you'll get something new. You'll get something fresh. But yeah, man, just follow me on the gram. Follow Mustafa too. Check Mustafa out for, for the people that are joining here. Um, I'm actually on your YouTube channel right now, believe it or not. I didn't know that you had all these gem of conversations and, and speeches. But yeah, man, at the Lamb Show is where you can find me. Veterans Minimum is the name of the show. I do some stuff for chat sports. I'm, I'm, you're going to find me. That's my thing. I'm throwing enough stuff at the wall that something's going to stick. Love it. Love it. Yep. Awesome. Good stuff, man. And I'm going to tag you in my, my stuff as well so that you guys can go back uh, and check it out. Um, and, yeah, a phenomenal conversation. My mom wants to know if you are still single, Mustafa. Ah, just kidding. Why did I just read that out loud? Just uh, <laughs> things from you both. Uh, love you, Gab. Uh, love you. Um, Mama Lulu, y'all are phenomenal. I love y'all. Uh, anyway, Nick, thank you for jumping on. You are uh, amazing as always, brother. It's good to have these conversations with you. For everyone who tuned in, I appreciate you taking some time to again disconnect from you know wherever your minds may have been and just have an opportunity to listen in and 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 think about something that can distract you, but obviously in a positive way. So we'll continue these conversations for the next couple of days. I'm running these lives, trying to bring on good people that you know can challenge your perspective and get you to think uh, more progressive. And what we will do when we get out of this time, because again, I'm confident that we will be out of here in no time. So 7:45 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We're live for the next couple of days to continue those conversations. Nick, thank you again, my brother. Love you and appreciate you. And oh, we shall God. see you guys. Did a shit my whole life. Yeah. All right, before we sign off, hope you guys enjoyed that conversation. Big shouts to the six members of our franchise tag on Patreon. 
Ryan Pisner, my guy, Piz, baby, Bills Mafia. Enjoy and congrats on Stefan Diggs, Corey Johnson Hoops, Derek Pleates, Daniel Gibson, Christopher Velasquez, and Bo Clore. Thank you all so, so much for your donation to the program, baby. And my guy in the Supermax, Nick Chavez. Shout outs to you, my good brother. And thank you all for listening. And we'll catch you guys later. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.